This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Good morning, Pats Nation. This is the Patriots Beat Podcast. I am your host, DJ Knees, and I'm with... I am here too, Mr. Mike Nice. It's good to be here on this Monday morning talking Patriots, everything Patriots. And of course, we'll be talking about the NFL draft that recently took place last weekend. Oh man, what a draft it was, DJ Mees. What did you think about the draft? I mean, the draft was very, very exciting. I think it's always exciting. It's always an exciting time to see who's going to be, you know, the new faces for this franchise. And you never know who's really going to step up, who's going to be a bust, or who's going to be the next big thing, really. Yeah, I mean, guys have could have amazing careers at the college level, amazing seasons, whatnot, and they come to the NFL, and it's either – their stardom continues to rise, you know, their name continues to blow up in, in the national eye, or they could just fall off in, in, into obscurity and we just never hear of them again. Who knows? You never know. You never know. Yes, yeah, sir. So um, the draft started Thursday night with the Los Angeles Rams. It's weird to say that, but the Los Angeles yeah. Rams got the first pick and they picked quarterback from California, Jared Goff, three-year starter, you know, um, people project him to be, you know, one of the, one of the best, obviously. And he was picked number one, and he's going to be – he's going to have the reins for all of Los Angeles. I keep wanting to say St. Louis. He has the reins for um, Los Angeles Rams. Second pick. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to get used to saying that, but he's the new face of that franchise for sure. And with the second pick. The Philadelphia Eagles picked um, Carson Wentz, a quarterback from North Dakota State. Everyone knew it was either going to be um, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. I was going to be picked number one and two. And now things are going to get quite interesting in Philadelphia because they still got um, Sam Bradford as well as at their quarterback position. So um, Sam is going to have to fight for his uh, spot now. Yeah, man, we'll see what happens there. I mean, Sam Bradford wants out of there. He does not want to be on that team anymore. According to him and his agent, you know, he wants to go somewhere where he could be the number one guy. I don't know where he gets that mindset from that he's he's a Cam Newton or Aaron Rodgers or something, but he believes that he should be getting that type of money, that type of playing time. So that's what it is. It remains to be seen what happens with Sam Bradford and that franchise. Definitely. And um, another notable name that got drafted early, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the running back from Ohio State, got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. This, to me, is a very surprising move. Um, Cowboys have McFadden. They just signed Alfred Morris. And now they're bringing Ezekiel Elliott in there. Quite interesting move. But when it comes to Dallas, uh, everything is interesting. What do you think about this pick? I mean, hey, it's a running back that they got to take. And when in the draft, you know, you could get a new star when it comes to the running back positions. They can either be guys who could take off, like I said earlier, and have amazing careers, or they could be guys that, 
you know, have an amazing college career, like like Trent Richardson, for example, you know, amazing in college, came to the NFL and just fell off and is struggling to catch on with a franchise right now. So we'll see where where his career goes with that franchise now moving forward. I mean, definitely. I mean, Elliott is obviously the best running back in this in this draft. So we'll see where he goes with um Dallas. But Mike, the story that took all the tabloids Thursday night was Laramie Tunsil, you know, offensive tackle for Ole Miss. Tunsil was projected, you know, earlier in the past couple months to be the number one pick. Great athleticism, great size, um, amazing blocker. But minutes, we're talking minutes before the draft, video comes out of um, Laramie Tunsil, you know, smoking a bong with a gas mask on, and man, did he drop drop wow 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 what a drop you know just just seeing his face as his name just keeps getting passed on team by team by team just keep going by and his name's not getting called and you know for weeks everything leading up to draft your hand that's just supposed to be this top pick you know team's gonna take you early and it's something like this with your social media and 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 something leaks like that it was a tough situation i mean eventually he got picked but i mean so crazy that that video of him smoking a bong comes out before the one of the biggest days of his life. And it it's just so weird. Um if you're an NFL team, would you have let drop um, you know, forgot about Laramie Tunsil and picked another another player just because you saw that video? Is that really a red flag? I'm I'm not sure if that was a huge red flag for me just to see a kid that, you know, was smoking smoking a bong that he which he said was a couple years old. I mean, yeah. Just with the NFL and their rules and regulations, you know, it's just it's against their policy to do that, to, to smoke marijuana. And I mean, teams, some teams just really want to abide by that and not even take a chance to to be being in the doghouse of the NFL by taking a chance on, on a on a player that might fall into the a reoccurring trap of, you know, maybe testing positive for marijuana over the course of his career. And you know, some teams just don't care. Like they see that as, hey, this is not going to affect his his play on the field he he probably was doing that maybe we don't know his whole college career and and still having an amazing season out on the football field so you know it, it depends on what teams really care about if they want to deal with you know the nfl and their policy or they just want that talented player on their roster that's what it really boils down to it, it comes down to it comes down to that um there have been red flag they you know i was i was hearing how he was he had a domestic um violence charge against him but in reality it wasn't really domestic violence it was a fight with his stepfather so i feel like they should change the name so that you know when you have the name domestic violence that puts a red flag everywhere and we're thinking um adrian peterson i mean not adrian peterson we're thinking uh, ray rice ray rice we're thinking uh greg greg hardy you know what I'm saying? These brute, yes. brute men hitting women or beating women. And in reality, it was really two grown men ha- having a fight. And I just don't like the name domestic violence in that situation. I agree. I agree. Like like you said, you know, once you hear domestic violence, you think of, you know, the Greg Hardy situation, the Ray Wright situations where where women are being abused. I mean, that's just you put those two and two, those words in that type of situation together. And I mean whether the the words have to change, whether the the media has to give a better, the NFL, whatever, has to give a better description of what actually takes place in these types of situations, something has to be done because, you know, we don't, you know, maybe don't know the full background story of why, 
you know, uh, he was he was getting in a fight with his stepfather or whatnot. But I mean, it when it comes out when it comes out into the news and in, in the media as so and so played domestic violence, it it automatically sounds bad from the jump. Definitely, definitely. And another another move in the first round that I want to speak on is the Denver Broncos. As we all know, Peyton Manning has retired. Uh, we Brock Osweiler left to go get cash in to go to texas so yes. they really have no quarterback right now i think they have mark sanchez all remember <laughs> we, all, we all remember him from the butt fumble and he was yes sir yes indeed and so they draft paxton lynch in the first round quarterback from memphis six foot seven 244 pounds. He looks, he looks like Brock Osweiler, honestly. And <laughs> Brock Osweiler 2.0. That's exactly what he looks like. And um, it, it's interesting. That means they're not going to – I know um, the general manager and the coaches have come out and said that they're not not—they're no longer pursuing Kaepernick for a trade um, from San Francisco. So it's between, honestly, Mark Sanchez and Paxton Lynch to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I mean, I think with that pick, they're they're putting all their chips and all their money in in Paxton uh, being their guy moving forward, the face of their franchise. You know, Peyton Manning is gone, even though he just won the Super Bowl or whatnot. Brock Osweiler, we thought, is going to, you know, stick around and take the reins from from Peyton Manning and be the the leading guy for the Denver Broncos. For whatever reason, decides to go to the the Houston Texans. Um, so now, you know, they took this, they took this quarterback and they're going to thrust him into that position to be the, their main guy. I mean, uh, Sanchez is there. Mark Sanchez is there. You know, they need some insurance, uh, maybe a little veteran leadership there as well. But I think when it boils down to it, week one, we're going to see Paxton as, as the, the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh, that is very, very interesting. So, that happened all in the first round, and as we all know, the New England Patriots did not have a pick in the first round due to the deflate gate that we've been battling for the past two years now. So I'm crazy. Call, I'm calling this the deflate gate draft. <laughs> and uh, in the second round, we started the second round. Our first pick was number sixty, and we picked up cornerback. Cyrus Jones. Cyrus Jones from Alabama, man. This was a pick that I remember we talked about on our last show that we did, DJ Mees and myself. Uh, this was a guy that I really liked that could add some depth to that cornerback position. Five foot nine, 197 pounds. It's a product of Nick Saban in Alabama. So anytime you're taking a player from Nick Saban in that Alabama uh, organization, uh, that school, um, you're you're probably getting a solid player, so I really like this pick. And I mean, what are the things you you you've heard about Cyrus Jones coming into the draft, DJ Mees? Well, to start off with, Cyrus Jones is a wonderful, probably the best punt returner you know in in the country right now. He averaged a twelve point six in yards per return, so he's very fast, very speedy. He has very great ball skills because he came into he came into the um and sorry came into his freshman year as a wide receiver. Then Nick Saban transferred him into a cornerback. He does lack in size though five five nine. He's he's very short. He reminds he reminds you of um Malcolm Butler who also is undersized. But Patriots like players like that who are feisty. 
me honestly, looking through you know all the draft boards and the projections, he was projected to go in the fifth, fifth or sixth round in a lot of people's eyes. But you know, Patriots they don't give a damn. They get whoever they want and who they like. <laughs> and uh, Cyrus Jones, I think he he can't play outside. Through through all I've seen, he can't play. Um, he's more of a a slot slot corner he'll be good in the nickel but right now he's gonna have a lot of development to do in the outside yeah and i mean coming into new england i feel like uh with them taking a chance on him so early i feel like he has he has he's had his opportunity to come right in into the the patriots team and and compete for that number three cornerback uh, position on the depth chart right behind uh logan ryan and, and malcolm butler um like you said, he lacks size, but one thing you know Belichick likes about this guy is he has a combination of quickness, toughness, and, I mean, he's short, 5'9", but he has some athleticism, which, you know, carries you a long way at the cornerback position. Um, I feel like, you know, with this young defense, I see no problem with taking a chance with this guy and, and putting him right out there to battle and learn uh, with the rest of these young cornerbacks, defensive backs that the Patriots have. Um this guy was very good in college from everything that I've I've seen and read about him. Uh, one thing that I noticed that I saw that caught my eye, that he was the defensive MVP of the 2015 Cotton Bowl. Um, he had an intercepted pass uh, along with a punt return for a touchdown. So, I mean, he's a solid player. He's a solid player, and there's a reason why Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots took a chance with him with their first pick uh, in the second round at number 60. And it just remains to be seen how he settles in with the franchise. What well, what grade would you give this this pick? I, I give it a B. I mean, maybe a C. It's average, a little above average. Because I mean, you can you can always upgrade. They're always looking to upgrade at that cornerback position. You know, Malcolm Butler's there. That's their solid guy for sure. Logan Ryan. Me personally, I'm still iffy on Logan Ryan. I, I'm not sold on him being that number two guy with the team. But I mean. This is a guy, like I said, he's a product of Nick Saban in, in Alabama, which already means he, he's, he's been he's coming from a good coach system. And I feel like uh, from Nick Saban to going to Bill Belichick, it's just going to be better for his career and his development overall. Yeah, I give it a, a, a C, C minus area. I think we could have, there were other defensive backs in the area that we could have got that were better than Cyrus Jones. But because of his punt returning ability, I believe we can utilize that a lot. You know, get Edelman and Amendola not returning our punts or kicks anymore would be a big, big help. You know, keep those guys healthy because we see what happens with Amendola every time he returns a kick. So I think, <laughs> I think Cyrus Jones will help big time with the special teams department and what what he does if he can fight for that number three position that you know that's soon to be seen so yeah round three with the pick number 78 the patriots pick joe thuny guard from north carolina state i love this pick in 41 games at north um nc state Thune started at four of the five offensive line positions, left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. In his 589 snaps of the AAC, ACC, excuse me, played during 2015, Tooney did not allow the sack, did not allow sack from his left tackle spot. That 
I love this pick. I think this is one of my favorite picks from the um, New England Patriots because of his versatility. I love, um, I love Tooney. He can play every position. You know how the Patriots use all their offensive linemen. We always pluck, plug and pick where we want them to be. He can play every position and Brady needs help. Bad. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, you hit it right on the head. DJ me saying this guy is just versatile, so versatile. I mean, through his years in college, played time at center, right tackle, right guard, left tackle, left guard. He's played everywhere on the offensive line. And I mean, one thing I, I, I've noticed about him, I've read about him, is he's he's not a physical specimen. You know, he's six or five with only three hundred and four pounds. That's not huge for offensive linemen. But the I've thing about him that the thing about him that that gets him noticed and the reason why Patriots took a chance with him is because despite despite not being the, you know the biggest guy on the offensive line you know he he re- receives a lot of credit uh just for being out there and accomplishing his task of you know the, the blocking protecting the quarterback whatever the case may be he gets the job done and i mean this is a guy with his versat- versatility he could come to the Patriots and possibly a, replace a guy your boy Marcus Cannon Get him out of um, here. He's like, Marcus Kane is actually set to make uh, $3.4 million in base salary. So the Patriots want to pay Marcus Cannon that money, or they want to take a chance with this young, versatile uh, guard from North Carolina State. I mean, this guy can step in and have an, uh, 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 an impact and be a, a guy up there that can protect Brady or whatever quarterback. You know, you need solid guys on the offensive line uh, to do their job. And this what this is what Joe Thune can do for the Patriots. Definitely, I mean, I, as we said, he plays he can play any position on the offensive line. His specialty is left tackle, and our left tackle right now is Vollmer, and Vollmer is set to become a free agent next year. So that's just something Patriots are thinking for the future at the moment. From also in the round in the third round pick, Patriots were not done yet, and here's the head scratcher. I know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take some time to talk about this one, Mike. This one is uh, yeah. This one's a huh? The Patriots did what? <laughs> Patriots <laughs> who? Yeah. With the third round pick number ninety one, the Patriots selected Jacoby Brissett, quarterback from North Carolina. Excuse me, quarterback from North wow. Carolina State. Brissett began his college career at Florida State, but transferred to North Carolina State where he became the start in 2014. He finished his senior season with 2,606 passing yards and 23 passing touchdowns. He also rushed for 370 yards and six touchdowns. This guy is a big dude, you know, six foot four, 230 pounds, big frame. Um, this, is inter- this is interesting right here with um, Jacoby Brissett. I'll let you speak on it first, Mike. I mean, yeah, this was an interesting pick. I mean, the thing with this pick, I don't know. Nobody really saw this pick coming. The Patriots taking quarterback. I mean, what it boils down to is the fact that, yes, everybody knows, you know, the current situation situation surrounding Tom Brady. The Patriots obviously need another quarterback on their roster for just insurance policies. Um I think the majority of people probably thought they were just going to pick some some dummy up off of free agency and have him be, you know, yeah. that third string or second string guy. But no, the Patriots went another route and opted to draft the quarterback instead. And I mean, the thing with this quarterback 
back and everything I've read about Brissett is he has a strong arm and he has the ability to pick up first downs with his feet. And in today's NFL, that's what the quarterback position is all about. You know, being able to make smart, right passes. But if you're able to scramble and pick up yards uh, for your team as well, you're a huge asset to the offense. And, I mean, that's just the direction that the, the quarterback position is headed in. Guys who are just versatile and being able to make the passes and also, you know, tuck the ball in and, and run for a couple of yards as well. So, I mean, you have Garoppolo. You know, he could be that starting guy for the first couple of games. That remains to be seen. I know DJ Mees, like DJ Mees said, we're going to touch on that a little bit later on. But the Patriots opted. I'm, I'm still shocked about it. The Patriots opted to take a quarterback in the NFL draft. Wow. I, I really just thought they were going to go on the free agency and say, hey, sign you up for a couple of days. We just need you to just be there just in case. But nope, they went to the draft and picked Jacoby Brissett up from North Carolina State. And what what do you think the Patriots' plans are with Jacoby now? I know Garoppolo has two more years left. Is Jacoby the heir to Tom Tom Brady now? Do, does Jacoby come off and then you have Jimmy Garoppolo? You trade Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo? Like, there's so many factors now when you bring in Jacoby Brissett, and then you pick him up in the third round. Early. That's early. That's early. Very. I early. mean, <laughs> I mean, like we talked about in our last show. I mean. Jimmy Garoppolo could possibly come out of those four games if it if it comes down to him being the starter at the beginning of regular season. And he could play very solid, and teams might say, wow, we want that guy. You know, he's be, like, like we talked about before, quarterbacks that just come through the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick system. You know, other teams love that. You know, guys like like uh, Matt, uh, Matt uh, Ryan Mallett and um, – Who's Brian Hoyer? Guys who didn't start, you know, they probably started a couple of preseason games, maybe came in during blowouts. If Brady went down for a couple of plays, they stepped in for a little bit. But guys who never really started, that teams in the NFL took a chance and just signing them as their starting quarterback. And I think a majority, majority of that comes from the fact that they just came through the Bill Belichick offensive system. And like we said, we could see a, a situation where Garoppolo gets traded. And now here comes Jacoby Brissett stepping up to the plate. And in a couple of years when, you know, Tom Brady starts to wind down, maybe retires, whoever knows, whatever the case may be, it could be Garoppolo maybe sticking around, probably not. Now you have another young guy, Jacoby Brissett, ready to step up to the plate, possibly. And like I said earlier, he's one of the quarterbacks that, that, that fits the new mold of NFL quarterbacks today. So, Wow. wow, there's a bunch of avenues that could be taken here with this with this pick. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know about this pick, man. So let's <laughs> say, you don't like it. I don't like it. So, but I'm a, I'm gonna go with it. So, Bill, we got is in Bill we trust, right? So Jacoby yes. Brissett, our third quarterback. Let's say Garoppolo goes three one. If Garoppolo goes three one, the phones will be ringing to pick up Garoppolo. And do you agree? Yep. So we trade, we, we might trade away Garoppolo, get some pieces, get some decent pieces for that. And now Brissett becomes your number two quarterback. The thing about Brissett is, I just, not only did we pick a quarterback, I just don't even think he's that great of a quarterback. I mean, he flashed potential big throws. He has some nice runs, but then the next series, he can just be horrible. He's very, inconsistent as a player he's what you would call like a hot and cold player and then again i mean under tom brady 
you never know what he can learn. But his throwing motion is off. He needs to, you know, get that mechanic, get that the mechanics right. And we really seen how that happens when a quarterback comes in with a wrong throwing motion. Uh, Tim Tebow, <coughs> I'm not gonna say, I'm not saying any names, but it's tough sometimes <laughs> to, to change, you know, quarterbacks um, throwing motions once they already been using it so much in in their their whole career. But his size is incredible. He reminds me of um, EJ Manuel, honestly, EJ Manuel from the Buffalo Bills. Interesting comparison. Interesting indeed. I mean, yeah, one thing I read about him a lot was he crumbles a lot under pressure, and the pressure is something that he, he's dealt with a lot, you know, with his team at North Carolina State. And when that pressure and, you know, the defense starts to, you know, to put pressure on him, uh, that's where things go kind of south for Brissett. So I think when it comes down to it, you know, the Patriots saw something in him for some reason, and they took him. I'm never going to question any of the draft picks ever that Bill Belichick wants to make. But whatever the case may be, he's stepping in, and he's going to be learning from quite quite possibly the greatest head coach of all time and quite possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. And that's what it boils down to, you know, going through training camp, you know, to all the offseason, whatever things that the Patriots do, he'll be there to learn and start you know, he just has to, Jacoby has to take out his, his notepad and pencil and start taking all the notes possible because <laughs> he could be pushed in the situation where he is the number two quarterback for the first two weeks, first four weeks, I mean. And, you know, I'm not trying to wish any bad luck, but if, if this could go in a way, DJ Mees, that if Tom Brady doesn't play those first four games, if something happens <laughs> to Garoppolo in those first four games, Whoa. Jacoby Brissett, Rookie coming in, uh, this in his rookie year to the New England Patriots could possibly, in some crazy messed up situation, could it could be a starting quarterback for the Patriots? I'm sick. That could happen. I'm sick. That's a possibility. I'm about to throw up. <laughs> but, hey, wild, 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 wild. I, what, who, what do we know, man? Like we said before, in Bill, we. Trust and build. We trust and build. So we just gotta trust it. And something you can always trust with Bill Belichick is when he gets defensive tackles, he likes them big, big. Yeah. And with um round three, with our ninety six pick, so we has we had a lot of third round picks. Vincent, they pick Vincent Valentine, defensive tackle from Nebraska. I mean, though he suffered injuries in his final college season, Valentine, who is six foot three, by the way, three hundred and twenty pounds, he still played in ten games, had ten tackles and three sacks, and he finished his college career with seven sacks. Vincent Valentine. Yeah, yeah, this pick, man. The thing, the thing with this pick is, if you look at the Patriots and the recent defensive tackles they've had, and they had come through their roster, maybe drafted, whatever the case may be. The, the difference with Vincent Valentine is that he's more, he has more size, length, physicality, and just girth to him in that position. And that's different from guys that they had before, like Dominique Easley or Chris Jones. And I think that's kind of the direction um, that the Patriots kind of want to go with that defensive tackle position, getting a guy like Vincent Valentine. And, I mean, he dealt with those injuries, but when he was good, he was good. Like, he was a solid player for Nebraska. And I mean, 
one thing about him, you know, dealing with that injury his his senior year, uh, a lot of things coming into the draft, uh, like his weight, his conditions, they were all in question because, you know, being that big and dealing with that kind of injury, you know, you're not very mobile. You're not able to do much, you know, with workout, exercise, try to stay in shape, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, that that's that's a couple question marks for him. But if this guy can and can get in shape and get back to playing at a, a high level like he did at Nebraska, Vincent Valentine could be a solid defensive tackle coming up uh, through the depth charts on the New England Patriots roster for I'm, sure. I'm not worried about him getting into shape in the Patriots system. Once he gets in there, I'm pretty sure they're going to whip him right into shape. He's going to learn from guys like Terrence Knighton, who's in there. We cannot forget who he's a big signing that the Patriots took. Mm-hmm. And you, we still got Malcolm Brown, who I felt had a great rookie campaign that really wasn't spoken about really this year. So, we're getting some depth. We lost, we lost Chris Long. We lost Silver Saliga. We, um, we, we got rid of, uh, Dominic Easley. So Patriots are really, you know, trying to focus on that, on, on the defensive tackle. And he's a great run stopper. So we'll see what he can bring to the table for the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like you, like those guys you just listed in 19 Branch, Allen Branch, Malcolm Brown. Uh, that depth chart is solid with a lot of solid players there. And you can step right up and be a guy who they can just go through that, uh, have, get opportunities to get on the field and be productive, you know, just with a combination of those players at the defensive tackle position. All right, Mike. The next pick, I am very excited, very, very excited. This one made me sit, scream and say, <laughs> yes, let's go. Finally, we're getting somewhere. Round four, pick 113. Patriots select Malcolm Mitchell, Malcolm Mitchell wide receiver from Georgia, Six foot one wide out, finished his college career with 2,350 yards and 16 touchdowns. He did suffer an ACL injury in 2013, and he was named the offensive captain as on his senior year. Malcolm, Mitchell. what a pick! Yep, what a pick! What a pick! What a pick! Patriots, you know, we all know by now the history that the Patriots have had picking different wide receivers from different schools, taking chances, and I mean. I know you really like this one. I don't know. It's just something about Patriots and drafting wide receivers. You know, they just haven't had luck. And the only guy they really had luck with is Julian Edelman. A college and quarterback. Just, a college quarterback at that. And, I mean, I feel like, you know, with this pick and any other picks that the – any other wide receiver that the Patriots have gotten, they're just trying to, you know, hopefully – develop them like they did Julian Edelman just coming up through their system and hopefully the next guy in this situation Malcolm Mitchell can can ha- can kind of develop just like Julian Edelman did but I mean I'm not mad at this pick at all the things I've seen and read about Malcolm Mitchell you know he has uh he's good at route running you know he really really does good at, at running routes um and he can make plays down the field which is solid you know the Patriots always need another down the field type of threat and finally, we could possibly have one at the wide receiver position. I mean, you know, Gronk's going to do his thing. You know, uh, Martavius uh, Bennett's going to do his thing. But now you have a wide receiver that can make maybe go downfield and, and, and make plays too. It's good. Good young guy coming up. What do yeah. you think about him? I know this is your guy. This, I, 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 love, I love this pick. You know, he's not, he's not going to be a deep threat that I think a lot of Patriots fans are hoping for, think that he's going to be. But like you said, he – Excellent, excellent route runner. Great speed, ran a 4-4. Four, four. 
And I see him being a Danny Amendola replacement, honestly. Just, wow. Yeah, I said it. I said wow. it. I think he's going to be a Danny Amendola replacement maybe next year when um because one we still we still have question marks with Danny Amendola what the pitcher is going to do with him I think Amendola sticks around this year next year he's out of here honestly and Malcolm Mitchell Mac Malcolm Mitchell will be a very good pick um he reminds me of Devonte Adams in uh, Green Bay Packers that the, he's their you know their third wide receiver of there I think he can really work in to be. A, a third wide receiver in um in the Patriots system, and I'm just happy Patriots are finally getting my man Tom Brady some freaking weapons. This that's what it all boils down to: getting Brady weapons. Weapons is what Brady needs for sure. And now, now we got something to look into in the preseason. This wide receiver battle, we got some receivers, Mike. You got yeah, there's a, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. You got Nate Washington that we signed. You have Chris Hogan, M- Mitchell. Edelman, Amendola, Dobson's fighting for a spot. Another receiver that we drafted that we're going to speak on later. So we got some names here now. Yeah, man. Keep getting Brady weapons. Wide receiver battle coming through the preseason is going to be a good one to watch for sure. All right, moving on. We on the round six because we did not have a round five pick. Round six with the 208th pick. Patriots select Camu. I'm gonna hopefully don't butcher his name. Camu Grugier Hill, linebacker from Eastern Illinois. I know a lot of y'all saying who, and I'm saying who too when I saw this pick. But Patriots always, <laughs> Patriots always get that one guy no one's ever heard about. So Grugier Hill was named first team all all Ohio Valley Conference as a junior and senior. He suffered an Achilles injury and missed three games to end the 2015 season. He had an impressive performance at his pro day, notably running a 4-4-40 40-yard dash. Yeah, man, this pick kind of came out of left field to a lot of people. But, you know, Patriots, like I said earlier, I will never, ever, 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 ever question a pick that the Patriots do because they obviously see something and whatever they see and however they join the roster, whatever comes from it <laughs> come February, I'm probably watching Patriots through the Super Bowl. So like I said, I'd never question any of their picks. Uh, but with this guy, I mean, who knows what can happen with Grugier Hill. Uh, in my opinion, this guy might find himself on this, on this, in special teams or maybe on a practice squad. I don't know what's going to happen with this guy. He's a linebacker, but at 6'2", 210 pounds, I don't know if that's a solid size for a linebacker in the NFL. So, you know, the, th- the things I've seen uh, that I've read about him is, you know, he has superior chase down speed. Uh, he he can read plays kind of well. But, I mean, like I said, his size, his size, he could be a great athlete, but his size being a solid linebacker in the NFL, I don't know. He might find his way on the special teams uh, in a special teams role or maybe on a practice squad. Who knows? Yeah, I see him on pretty much as a special teams practice squad player. I don't know much about this guy, but obviously, you know, Belichick and the Patriots saw something they liked into in him that they thought they should use a a pick on him instead of you know probably you could probably easily pick this guy up free agent. But yeah. but they they really liked him so. And once again, the theme for today, <laughs> and Bill, we trust. I mean, honestly, when I saw when I saw this pick, 
and I, the stuff I read about him, I I thought about Nate Nate Edmer. Edmer, yeah. Okay. I thought about Nate Edmer. I figured, you know, this is just another guy who can just be in that Nate Edmer type of role and have that same type of productivity. So we'll see what comes from him. But they made the pick, and we're not going to question it. Not I. So with the 214th pick in round six, the Patriots select – Elandon Roberts, linebacker from Houston. Roberts, six foot, two hundred thirty-five pounds, finished his final college season with one hundred and forty-two tackles, nineteen for a loss, six sacks, two forced fumbles, and one interception. He played one season at Morgan State before transferring to Houston. I like this pick. I really do. I like this pick. Not to say that Roberts is going to come to the Patriots and now be, you know, a starting linebacker because we already know how stacked that the linebacker depth uh the linebacker position is for the Patriots but I mean this guy what I've read about him is he's he's just a tremendous leader on and off the field you know when when he was playing for Houston he was a leader he was his teammates looked up to him and he just had an amazing season especially in 2015 he had out of all those tackles he had 88 solo tackles which led all of you know the FBS and I mean this guy's a solid player. Like I said, the linebacker position is stacked uh, for the Patriots with Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, Shea McClellan, Jonathan Freeney, uh, Jonathan uh, Bostic. It's stacked, and I don't feel like he's going to be cracking too much of, of the field, but this is another guy who might find a solid role in the special teams. But I feel like if he's able to put together, you know, maybe a solid training camp, solid preseason you might find him sneaking up, you know, on the field in certain situations. Who knows? Who knows? But it remains to be seen what can happen with uh, Landon Roberts for sure. I'm with you as well, man. I like I like this pick a lot. Everything you hear about Landon Roberts is that he's a leader, and yes. uh, he's a great quality guy. Which, like you said, he led he led the FBS in tackles with 88. Um, he's very, he's also very impressive with his range. He can play the pass very well. He can line up with receivers. Once again, that versatility that we were talking about, he's going to find himself very quickly with special teams early on. I believe he's going to find a role with them from there. He's going to just work his, work his way up. I love this pick. Yeah. I can't be mad at this pick at all. All right. Also, in the sixth round with the 221st pick, Patriots select Ted Caress, guard from Illinois, six foot four, 307 pound lineman, was a two time All Big Ten honoree, 13, um, 13 in 2015, and also honorable mention in 2014. And was a team captain in 2015. He made 43 career starts along with the offensive line in Illinois. As a senior, he received the Illinois Warrior Effort Award for his work in the weight room. So another another team captain onto the team. Yeah, man. The thing about I really like about this pick, you know, whatever. I don't care if it's the sixth round or whatnot. The thing I like about Ted uh, Karras is he's a he was a four year starter, a four year starter, which means yeah. the moment he got there, you know, he was thrusted right into a starting position straight out from high school, and just just being thrusted into that position from your freshman year and hold it down all the way through senior year, not letting anybody step up and take that role from you, that's solid. That says a lot about who you are, what kind of player you are. So I really like that aspect about him. Um, but there's, there's so many guys on that offensive line. 
guys that he has to, to to probably battle with for some time. I mean, you got some guys who are just going to be rotated in and out, like Shaq Mason, Josh Klein, Trey Jackson. Uh, and then they also got Joe Thune, who they took earlier in the draft. So I like to, Ted Karras, but we'll see what happens with them, you know, just, just shuffling through that offensive line. Like we saw last season and the season before, sometimes offensive linemen can drop like flies with injuries. Yeah. And they always have to just be filling guys in. So he'll be there, solid guy, young guy, who maybe later on in his career, a couple of seasons in with the pick, he could find himself a starter. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, with with um, I like this pick as well. He's very, very strong. Once he's up there, he can really control the um the defense of what he's doing because just with his strength in general. But he lacks athleticism. He's not he's not as fast as the other guys are, and he doesn't have that explosiveness, which will will which will limit him a lot, especially in the next level in the NFL. So, and he also you know he tore his NCL. And ACL in 2014. Sheesh. I don't know what's good with these Patriots and picking all these torn ACL, MCL players, man. It's starting, starting they, to get they, annoying. They tear it and then they come back stronger than ever. That's what the Patriots see and they must like. What happened to Easley? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, man. and with our last pick in the seventh round, 225th pick, Patriots pick. Devin Lucian, wide receiver from Arizona State. Lucian spent four seasons at UCLA before transferring to ASU for his final year of eligibility. He finished his college season with 1,074 yards and eight touchdowns. He closed out his college career with three consecutive 100-yard games. Yeah, another pick, you know, like like we said earlier, pitchers take another chance at the wide receiver position, which has been the most difficult position for the Patriots to draft at, <laughs> draft for for the last several years. Uh, but this is a guy, like you said earlier, DJ Meese, it's going to be a tough battle, uh, positional battle at the wide receiver spot because, you know, they took, um, what's his name earlier, Malcolm Mitchell. Mitchell. Uh, you still got Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. Who who knows if he'll be around or not? Then you still got Keyshawn Martin. Uh, wow. Nate <laughs> Nate Washington, uh, DeAndre Carter, guy who they signed. Uh, Aaron Dobson still there. Chris Harper. There's so many options at the Hogan. Warriors Chris spot. Hogan. Chris Hogan. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's gonna be these are all, a lot of these guys because I mean you know Julian Edelman set. He probably won't see too much action during. The preseason. If Emendola is is sticking around, uh, he probably won't see too much action during the preseason. So between Mitchell, uh, Devin Lucian, Keyshawn Martin, who had a solid uh, season last year, you know he's looking to step up and solidify his spot on the roster. Nate Washington, who's a veteran in this league, these are guys who are trying to catch on and show the Patriots they can be solid options out there on the field next to Edelman, next to Emendola, next to Gronk, next to Bennett. So. It's it's that battle. I'm telling. We're all. That's one to definitely be watching that wide receiver battle because these guys are all trying to make a name for themselves. They can make an impact because you got these rookies trying to trying to you know solidify their spot on the roster. And you got guys like Aaron Dobson who probably sick and tired of everybody questioning uh, what type of player he is. So it's going to be interesting to see for sure. DJ Mees. I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see um, Lucien making the cut with all the reasons. 
you pretty much said. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. Chopped it like that. I don't know why you laughed. I'm being honest with you, man. Uh, look, look. Let's be real. He couldn't even make the team in UCLA. Couldn't get any time. That's why he transferred to ASU. So if you can't, if you're struggling to make the team in UCLA, uh, yeah, cool. New England Patriots. I don't know. Sorry. I mean, he has a four-four speed. He has great hands. Only dropped the ball four times this past year. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he has enough ball skills. He he's, he's he gets pushed around a lot. You could, when you see him, he's always falling by defenders. So we'll see, man. I don't think he makes the team, but you never know. If not not the team, you know. Maybe slide him a spot on the practice squad. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, what a draft! What a draft indeed. Your overall take on the Patriots draft? I mean, not having picks in the first round where, you know, the most talented players are usually taken. Yes, people find guys in the later rounds sometimes who could really step up and make impact. But usually in that first round, you're taking your top options, guys at the top of your list when you're looking at potential draft picks. So dealing with that whole everything coming down from deflate gate and those penalties, uh, that, that was tough. But at the same time, I feel like the Patriots uh, made solid choices and made solid picks with the picks that they had. Um, I would give them a B minus C plus. Like it wasn't an amazing, like I said, not having the first round picks is still something they had to deal with. But I feel like uh, with the picks that they made, they're all solid pieces that they can add to their roster. I'd give it like a C plus, B minus type of grade. Um, like I've been saying from the jump, I will never question a pick that Belichick makes because you know, somehow, some way, the team is successful. So, yeah. What do you think? I I give it a B minus. I think it was a very, I think it was a pretty good draft. The reason I don't give it a B plus or anything higher, I think we missed out on not drafting a running back this whole draft. Uh, I, I know. True. I know. Um, with. Some of you guys are thinking, hey, we have enough running backs. But as we as we saw last year, you know, running backs can our running backs can fall very very quickly. Not why not get some young stud in the um there just to you know help us out. There was plenty of running backs that we could have got, especially in the third round. <laughs> but anyways, I think I think we really missed out on not picking up a running back, but. I love the quality of guys that we picked up. We picked up a lot of captains, team leaders, good character guys yes. in, into the team, and patriot patriot way guys. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. Yeah. Anything else you thought we missed out on in the draft? I agree with you for sure. Um, I think the running back position. That's another thing we talked about on our last show. I don't know if I fully trust going into a season with having your number one and two guys players that just ended the 2015 season with season-ending injuries. Uh, I'm not too, I'm not fully confident in that. I wish, you know, I know the Patriots added added to Donald Donald Brown or whoever in free agency. I think that's his name. Yeah, Donald. Brown. Uh, but I, I would like, I would have wished I could have have seen the Patriots select. Uh, young running back just to bring somebody else up through the ranks. I know you still have uh, Brandon Bolden on the roster. You still have uh, what's that other James White who stepped up last season. But I mean, why not just bring somebody else up if he doesn't work out to be somebody who can make the roster? Just throw him on a practice squad, but take a chance 
So, you know, you we like we saw last season, you can never have too many options just in case, just in case. We didn't not only lost our number one option last year in uh, Deion Lewis, but then the Patriots lost their number two guy and LeGarrette Blunt. So you never know and you could never have bodies just in case. I agree with you. That's the only, that's pretty much the only disappointment thing. And now we're at the point where we just got to wait and see. Training camp will be coming up and we're just going to, you know, hear all the reports and see what the Patriots are doing. I'm very excited for the wide, wide receiver core. Like I said before, that battle is going to be very fun to see. I'm just excited to know that Brady finally has some options now, some weapons to, that he can throw to. So I won't be complaining this year about that. Hopefully, not at all, man. Not at all. It's we'll see what what comes from this draft and how these players develop develop uh, through the years, through training camps and whatnot. Wow, 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 wow! Patriots did what they could with this draft, man. You know the NFL tried to uh, give them the okie doke and take away some picks, but I think the Patriots still found a way to to do what's best for their team and select the right players that they need. Well, with the little time that we have left, Mike, we got to speak on Deflate Gate for a little bit here. We, oh man, we have to speak on Brady. Really has a good chance of not playing these first four games, and now the reins is with Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, what it's looking like, depending on what comes from, if Brady decides to try to go after this this latest ruling and appeal. The appeal, the appeal, or whatever way you want to look at it. I mean, it's looking like, as of right now, Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting the first four games of the regular season. And and if that's what it boils down to, I'm perfectly fine with Jimmy Garoppolo being that guy to step up for those first four games. I mean, he's been with the team for two seasons now. He's watched Brady. You know, he's seen the team win the Super Bowl. He's just been just been learning, taking notes. And, I mean, if you get to sit behind the greatest quarterback of all time and possibly the greatest coach of all time and, and take notes, you should be ready when your name is called to step up. And I think knowing the Patriots and how they, you know, they're going to probably stand by Brady and want him to fight and do whatever he can so he can start. Patriots are not stupid. Patriots know they're going to have to start really prepping Garoppolo. You'll see, you know, just kind of like last year, last offseason, Garoppolo would just get a lot of, you know, first team reps and whatnot, they're going to really start to prep him because there's that possibility that he's going to be the guy. So I'm perfectly fine with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> you know, possibly being a starting quarterback. And like we said earlier with that draft pick and them taking Jacoby Brissett, um, nobody knew were they going to, I think, like I said, the majority of people felt that they would maybe just sign somebody off a of free agency, but they went that route. They opted to draft a quarterback instead so now that's the number two or three guy, whatever you want to look at him. It's a rookie quarterback. So, yeah, uh, I, I, deflate gate. <laughs> wow. I definitely um, thought that we were going to go the route and pick up, you know, a veteran, a veteran dummy to just be there for the uh, <laughs> quarterback number three position. And, you know, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm, tr- I'm trying, Mike, I'm trying to make sense of it all right now. It's just it's still like when you see it, you're just like, what? the heck did we just do but um 
I think Brissett can add some value now. Now you have a quarterback that can scramble and move around. You can use him definitely on the scout teams when we face when we face teams like Russell Wilson or we face teams like um, Cam Newton, quarterbacks like those. You now you have a guy that you can use on your scout team to really you know mimic them, and we can prepare better for those types of quarterbacks because that's that's the way the league is going now. You have to be mobile in this day and age. Not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is not mobile as well. Jimmy Garoppolo's shown that he can he's not afraid to move his feet either and he's a very tough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With Jimmy Garoppolo and Brissett, those are two guys who, like we both said, you know, are kinda a part of this new age of NFL quarterbacks where it's not about just drop back and stand in the pocket, survey the field, and then just wait to make a pass. Even though we got a guy like Tom Brady who just mastered that art. So when he's in that pocket, he's a surgeon and can make the right play and lead his team to, to successful seasons like we've seen over the last how many seasons he's been the starting quarterback. But, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo and Brissett are two guys that, you know, Garoppolo was used last season, the season before, to kind of mimic other teams' quarterback um, um, during practice, and Brissett will be used the same way. So now you have two, not only Jimmy Garoppolo, now you have Brissett, two guys who are part of this new age of NFL quarterbacks that the Patriots can really start to develop and kind of see, you know, unfortunately we don't want to talk about it too much, but when that time comes and and Brady might not be that guy anymore, uh, now you have these two guys, whether – Garoppolo sticks around. Who knows? We don't know. We don't really want to talk about it because to everybody in Patriot Nation, Tom Brady will be the best forever. <laughs> he it, it's not even it's not even Patriots Nation. The world should understand that Tom Brady is the best. And we're gonna just leave it off like that. But first, Mike, can I speak about I almost got the biggest scare yesterday. I'm not yesterday. A couple of days ago, while I was watching watching the draft, I probably saw one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in the NFL draft, ever. And I thought it was the Patriots who made the move. So you know, while the draft is going on, they a lot of players are getting picked, and you don't really you. And in, in the bottom of the screen, it says you know. Um, Patriots above the pick is in, but they're still they're still talking about a previous player, so you don't really understand what's going on because everything's moving so fast. Yes, the um the Buccaneers had a pick before the um before the Patriots, and they decided not only did they decide to move up in the third round, but when they did, you know who they selected? Who's that? Robert Aguil, a kicker. <laughs> oh, I said third round. Hold on. I said third round. I meant, I meant second round. He was the number select- number 59 pick. They picked Robert Aguil, the kicker. A kicker. In the second round. And he was the, in the second round of the, the draft. Wow. And I didn't know. I thought it was the Patriots who selected him. I lost my mind. <laughs> I lost it. I went crazy. I said, we picked the kicker? <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's a scare. Believe me, Patriots, Belichick, they're not that dumb. They're not that dumb. You could go find a kicker down playing at the, at the local YMCA or local field outside. Go get a kicker. Some gentleman. Man, nobody's. Some general managers already come out and said that was the dumbest pick in NFL history. And what team was that again? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Say no more. You don't even <laughs> got to ask no more questions there. You already know why that pick was made when you say that team. So <laughs> that makes sense. Can I, can I get a sorry of the week? <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, what a draft. What a draft in DED, Jamie's. You have anything else you want to add about what took place over the course of last weekend? None, man. It was exciting. I'm I'm happy to see. It sucks that we didn't get a first-round pick. I know I'm very bitter about that, but with everything, I think everything played out pretty well. Well, yeah, sounds good. I mean, we'll see what all comes from this draft and the players and the picks and whatnot. But with that being said, uh, this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in and listening. For DJ Mees and myself, like I said, this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Radio. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Take care, guys.